back folks it is the dynasty hour it is episode 15 it is me your boy fantasy blue chip as always and i'm missing two of our co-hosts today andrew has kids and kids need stuff i would know because uh i don't have them thank the the lord but he's a great father and he's taking care of them instead of answering our questions uh chuck is hanging out with family he's also better than me because my family would love to see me but instead i am here with you and we have Jesus here this week, and he's here early. He's on time. He was way on time this week, and we started late because we have an amazing guest that we'll bring up and introduce in just a minute. But he again, he's here to save your show. Your, your he's here to save your lineups. Justin Herrera at Simtex Mex, Fantasy Jesus, and then with us is our guest that I alluded to earlier. It is JP of Chiefs Focus, and when I say we have a legend who knows football, <laughs> there's a reason why his tag is the old tenured guy. Because uh, he makes my 30-year-old bones not hurt so much looking at him. I'm just kidding. I uh, love you so much. So like JP, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> JP, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get into it. Uh, man, you know what? I got a, I'm got an old ex-baseball player that hung around with a bunch of Chiefs guys for the last, I don't know, 34 years. And now I'm doing a podcast and doing a live show, and I got uh, you know, a company called Chiefs Focus, and we do, uh, we do about everything, man everything you guys do and enjoy doing it. You know, we have a blast. You know, we do a show every Tuesday and Thursday. We're going to do Tuesday, Thursdays and Sundays when the season starts. And it's going to, that's a, that's, that's about me, man. I was an, I'm an ex pitcher, bro. Ex left-handed pitcher. That's what I am. Hell yeah. He's an ex lefty here. We, we have, we have a real athlete who's uh, actually on the sideline and he doesn't live in spreadsheets and uh, cut up films like the rest of us does, but were, were we will jump into it. You know what? It's funny. I when I when I first got into it, I it was kind of weird. I was I got recruited to Iowa to play ball, and I didn't have a dorm. There was no dorms, so this coach really wanted me, and he said, "You know what? I got an A-frame house out in the middle of twenty acres in the middle of nowhere in Iowa." He said, "You can live there if you want." And I said, "Whoa!" He said, "What?" And I said, "Look, man, maybe a nice guy. I really don't know, but that's some kind of freaky shit. I'm not gonna go move in with my, you know." 50-year-old coach. And he goes, fuck, dude, I don't live there. He said, I just use it for hunting. I said, oh, okay, cool. So I lived there for free. And within about six months, he came knocking on the door one day and he said, pack your shit. And I said, why? What I do wrong? And he goes, nothing. The Royals want you, to, you know, they want you in the AAA team. I went, oh, you're lying. He goes, no, they really want you up there. So I ended up going up there and uh, I got four and a half good years out of it. Got to I got to uh, play with a lot of good players and got to do some relief games, you know, before they, you know, they, when you're really young, they won't bring you down back then in those days when you were 18 years old, they didn't care if you threw, like I was throwing 96, 97 miles an hour and I had seven pitches and I was doing what I, for a lefty, that's a lot. They didn't care. They thought you were old enough to be able to handle the pressure of being, you know, down 
for the majors. So I bounced back and forth between the two and got a lot of relief pitching games or relief games in with Kansas City and then tore my arm. Mm. Year and a half of rehab, didn't have the same motion, didn't have the same speed. Best I could hit was about 93 and never got picked back up again. I actually toured in a scouting event. You know, weirdly enough, there's seven. Yeah, there were seven teams there, including George Steinbrenner, which uh, was really cool to have him scout me. So uh, it was nice. But uh, that's really about it, man. So. It's crazy that uh, you say that. Like, I don't have the same motion. I only threw 93 miles an hour. I played receiver and running back and had like a fucking noodle arm. So like, like if I'm clocking 50, I think it's like a, it, it's pretty good then. <laughs> Now, now his focus is football and the Chiefs, so we'll jump into it. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about the Dynasty Cup later. That is still rolling. We'll have some announcements. Once we get our actual guests back, we'll go over the format, talk a, bit, a little bit more about that. But we have training camp, guys. It is actual football. It is real. It people is. Are, Thank you. Yeah, people, it's not no longer speculation. It's not so much contract talks, even though we still got a little bit of that coming up. But it's real. So we'll get into our news and nonsense, and then we'll jump in. we'll jump into some training camp news, buyers or sells. So the biggest news, the Saquon Barkley deal is is done it is incredibly underwhelming it's like waiting on something major it's like waiting on your food from like taco bell and they not only forget like half the stuff in the burrito but it's not even the burrito you got it's like an 11 million dollar deal it's it's like 1 million more than you would if you would assign the franchise tag i guess there is more incentives on top of that which is nice but it still seems like a lot. So I'll start with you, Justin, and I'll get in our guest our guest. What was your reaction to the Saquon deal? Yeah, the Saquon deal was like uh going out with that girl the first time and uh you're you know, you're doing all the right things, you're taking her out to dinner and everything. And at the end of the night she says, Oh, I'm not gonna put out, I'm not that easy. And then you instead you pull out some ice cream and you have some ice cream together, and next thing you know you're getting down with it because he made it that easy. It was just a little bit extra got him over. If you're going to make a stance, if you're going to go on a podcast and say, I'm here to stand up for the running backs, I'm going to take this time. I'm going to, you know, sit out for as long as it takes to do this stand. Don't literally get to day one of training camp and say, oh, you know what? That magic number, it was 900,000 more. That's what it was. It was 900,000 more. You know, at the end of the day, all he's getting is he's getting a guaranteed signing bonus, $2 million in his pocket the day of, and then a couple incentives that could lead to $11 million. Get the fuck out of here. Josh Jacobs, I hope you do, you know, JP a favor and, you know, hold out until that contract comes in because not only are you helping out the chiefs because they might, they might whip your ass a little bit more. Um, but also you're helping out the running back position, something that Saquon Barkley said he was going to do and didn't pull through. Yeah. Yeah. Nailed it. You know, one, yeah. You, yeah. I was about to say, you know, like, <laughs> like what more could I add to that? Cause like, especially when you think about like, I feel like he signed this right after Eckler had a zoom meeting so like what happened in that Zoom meeting? Cause it felt like like he 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 went in the meeting and then all of a sudden he left it. He's like, fuck this, we ain't never gonna get help. And then it was just like he called his agent. He's like, All right, just sign the deal. I don't know. I'm I I hundred percent back what Justin said. So I'll just move it on to our guest. JP, what do you think about this? I think he's like that 
union guy that you know he's the leader of the union strike and then he just said fuck it i'm i'm bailing and i'm gonna go ahead and go back to work and leave all you guys standing on the side of the street with your signs because honestly it it almost it was almost too convenient to a degree i look man he's he's a great running back there's no doubt about it in fact i kind of rallied i i wanted him to be a chief i mean i really did i thought he would be like the perfect fit in our system because he's so uh, versatile. But what he did, especially with the, I mean, he, he carried that team on his back last year. He was the reason why the team got where they got. Okay. It's that simple. They know that he knows that, but it was almost like a a comfortability situation. He got comfortable where he was at. He got a little bit more. He got that 2 million up front, which I understand when you're injured for a year and a half, you're not making any money. You may need the cash up front. Who knows? Uh, I don't know how it would have worked out for him as far as a trade was concerned, if that would have happened or if anything else would have happened for that matter. But or if he could have just went somewhere else. I don't know what his what was in his mind. But for nine hundred grand. He shit on the rest of the running backs that are really trying to get paid. And we talked about this. Look, man, we've talked about this on our show a couple of times. Running backs. You know, you'll hear you got two sides to it. You got a guy that says, oh, running backs are a dime a dozen. You can pull them out of anywhere. Look at the Chiefs. They got Pacheco out of the seventh round, and he's a fucking beast and blah, blah, blah. Well, you can also get a first-round running back like Clyde that can't run, you know, that can't stay healthy. We call him glass slipper. So it's not right now in the NFL, a versatile running back. And when I say versatile, I mean a guy that can play multiple positions, a great blocker, can catch out of the backfield, can run a fucking 55-yard route and catch on a dime, you know, that's the guy you want. And those are the guys that you're fighting for. You're not fighting for the the Zeke Elliott's that are straight line runners that are beat down to nothing in jello now, because that's not what this running back game is today. If you're not a well-rounded running back, you're not really going to get very far. But the guys that are, like a Josh Jacobs, a Saquon, a Pacheco, you know, a, even a Jarek McKinnon or – you know, you can bring up five other guys that are just as fucking good. I mean, John Robinson. Yeah. Uh, McCaffrey, you know, mm-hmm. guys like that. Those are the guys that, in my opinion, should be paid. I don't necessarily think they need wide receiver money, but I think they need to be compensated for their worth in the top five of what they do or top 10 of what they do. Yeah, and most I, of them aren't. A hundred. A hundred percent. And we'll talk on like you, you nailed it. Like they might not need wide receiver money, but a guy who got paid that I think that someone like Saquon Barkley deserves more money than we'll hit that on a second. Uh, one more point and then we'll move on because we're all in agreement. But it's like like JP, you kind of nailed it. You nailed the point, the head, the, the, the nail on the head is that he's a special all around running back. And yes, guys say that like any running back could fit in our system, but you have to have a lot of things in place for them to be productive. You need to have a good offensive line. You need to have a quarterback that can keep moving the chains so you can keep your running back going. Backs like Saquon Barkley can't carry the Giants. Like no. the, I'm sorry, backs that aren't Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs or Bijan Robinson can't carry the Giants like he did. You can't ask like Isaiah Pacheco to do that. You can't mm-hmm. ask Damian Harris to do that. You can't even ask David Montgomery to do that. You know, and that's what Saquon Barkley's done. He's been your best offensive player. And granted, maybe don't give him like a five-year deal, but give him a three-year deal of solid money and guaranteed contract. And I think that is good for the position. It's good for football. And it's good for your team morale. So I don't understand it. And I alluded to this before I went on my rant, but Cole Komet just got an extension. 
And he, I, let, me, let me pull this back up. It, it is, and I get it. I get it that he's a better NFL tight end than he is for fantasy. Because uh, I'm sorry, guys, we didn't give you fantasy advice for Saquon Barkley. The advice is you missed your buy window. It lasted about one week. Sorry. Uh, but Cole Komet just got paid. He got paid like a four-year, like like a $32 million guaranteed contract. It's a $50 million total. And a guy like this that, granted, he is good for your team. He's good for what the Bell, the Bears have done. But he can make this money. But Saquon Barkley, who is arguably – it's not even arguably. He is – without a fact, more effective for his team. He adds more wins. This is like, you could back this with film, statistics, all the things in the world. He is better and he cannot get this money. What do you think, like, especially someone like you, JP, how is this going to hurt the NFL or what do you expect happening in the future? Well, first of all, I think what hurt the running back market was the Zeke deal. I mean, I'm just telling you, you pay a fucking quarterback $90 $90 million, or a running back, $90 million. Okay, that was probably the biggest mistake in football because, first, it's way too much money. But second, it also, when you when you look at colleges, colleges are designed differently now. Zeke was not worth that kind of money. He fucked up. Now he's a, he's, he's a noodle. He's weak. Nobody wants to, I mean, he's, ter- he's not the player that he was. He wasn't the player last year that he had been the year before. When you you can't change the market for one single player, I'll just put it that way. The one thing I will say is that you look at like what the Chiefs have done, and I I've, I've been around a lot of GMs in my life. I've been around a lot of head coaches, but I will tell you that I've never seen a GM like Brett Beach. And I say this for one reason and one reason only: the one thing that he said that resonates with me, and it will never leave my mind, is he said, "I will never change the market." for any NFL player ever. Mm-hmm. He will not be the guy that changes that market for that player. He will pay market value, but he won't change the market for that player. When you start fucking with people and you go way too high or way too low, then there's no middle ground. And that's where a lot of this problem has come in with the running backs. I think in the future, because of the way colleges are going, you know, people don't realize that what colleges are doing now is they're watching the age progression of NFL players. And as they watch that age progression go, depending on their skill position, they're pushing the talent in their college towards that realm because they know those guys are the ones that are going to get their college on the map. So if say if you need, you know, you see four or five teams with aging running backs, of course, you're going to put your running back in a position to be one of the best in college football. They're doing the same thing with defensive edges and, 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 and offensive linemen. It's, it's, that's been the trend for about seven, eight years now, and that's what colleges are doing. So you're going to see a lot more running backs come out of, the, out, of, out of college that are extremely versatile, that are really able to um, play any position. What do you say? What does this motherfucker say? <laughs> still has GI Joe's. Hey man, I do. So what? I got more <laughs> hair than you. Um, uh. Anyway, <laughs> uh, and you're you're a Dolphins fan, man. Come on, you're still on that Tua bandwagon. But anyway, um, it's just one of those things that you you, you got to be careful when you when you market these players. You got to be careful when you do those kinds of things because inevitably at some point it'll end up coming back and screwing you. And that's why Veach has been so adamant about not changing the market for players. 
That's why he lets certain players walk. That everybody goes, what the fuck? I mean, when the Tyree kill trade happened, everybody lost their minds. Oh my God, what are we going to do? The sky's falling. No, it's not. We won a fucking Super Bowl the next year that we couldn't even do because of Tyree kill. We didn't win a Super Bowl because of Tyree kill. We didn't make it to the next year to the Super Bowl the next year. And I'm not saying it was solely on him, but when you become predictable, it's very easy for teams to exploit that. And that's yeah. what we did. We became predictable. They set up a too high safety shell. Tyreek couldn't get anything down the field or Mahomes couldn't get anything down the field to Tyreek. Things just changed within our system. And there was other things going on that I'm not going to bring up. I have a little inside information. I know, I know Coop doesn't want to hear this stuff, but I have a little bit of inside information and there was other things going on with Tyreek that uh, I guess would help that trade along, you know, help, uh, the, make the decision a little easier, but uh, it, it, it's got to it's got to be a happy medium somewhere, and that's where For the sure. problem is lying. And I think in the future you're going to see running backs; they're going to come back to where they used to be. If you, rem- I mean, I don't know if anybody, most of you guys are so young you don't remember, but in the 2000s, you know, running backs were getting paid. You know, they were getting paid very well. I mean, Larry Johnson got made some fat money. And yeah, he was still holds the record for most yards in a season for the Chiefs, two years running. But running backs were getting paid, and then it started to fall off. And then it became wide receivers because then the air attack game came in, and everybody started going, well, fuck, we need these top badass wide receivers out here, so let's do this. Coaches are now in college. They're they're grooming people to play multiple positions, and you're going to see that a lot. So it might even become where – it's a an even keel situation for the better for everybody, for the teams and for the players. Mm-hmm. That plays out. Well, um, last point, and then we'll move on to our, our injury news, I guess. Um, to JP, or excuse me, to Justin on this with Cole Komet. Now that he's been signed, and clearly Chicago likes him more than anyone else. And it, I don't want to. I think that he's a startable player. But let's say you like are fucked in a fantasy draft, like like you're just fucked or or whatever, and you need a tight end. Are you willing to buy, commit, like, or, or are you just willing to just like grind the waiver wire and figure it out, or just like punt to next season? Because like we're in dynasty redraft. If you don't have a tight end, you're probably just fucked. But like in dynasty, are you just gonna punt to next season? What are you gonna do now that you know that commit is their tight end one and he's not gonna get replaced and he's their guy? No, I'll definitely try and uh, I'll try and figure out something else before I just go and settle for a commit. I'll try and figure out if the guy who has Chig is a little bit sour on him because of DeAndre Hopkins. I'll try and mm. figure out if maybe Greg Dolch is just expendable. You know, I, Cole Komet is one of those guys where he's so middle of the road that you might as well just go a little bit higher than him. And for, like, the same price, try and get somebody like a Greg Dolchich who has a higher ceiling in his offense or get somebody like a Chig who has a higher ceiling in his offense. Komet is one of those guys that, at this point, I see him, you know, it was great what you did last year, but now you got somebody else in there to take your targets away. What are you going to do this year? You know, I I don't think he's going to be the guy who gets 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns. He's just not going to be – a Travis Kelsey prospect or anything like that, but I can see him, you know, kind of sticking around that seven touchdown range. So for me, I will definitely always go for the guy with the higher ceiling that's in that range. 
And for me, he's like in that 10 to 20 range. Like his absolute ceiling for me is about like tight end 10. And his floor is probably about like tight end 20. He's never going to be like the bottom of the barrel, but he's just never going to be that top of the mountain. You know, if, if you don't mind, I wouldn't mind saying, look, man, tight ends are, are great as long as they fit within your system. And that's, I mean, that's good for, I mean, it's really kind of the analogy for any player, but a tight, the tight end position is if you, if you know how to utilize a tight end, that's fantastic. You have to know how to utilize them though. And that's where you see a lot of these guys, you know, the Raiders, a lot of teams that have these or had these great tight ends, but the tight ends really fell off or they ended up being on the injury reserve or sitting on a bench for eight weeks because of something, you know, whatever injury may be. That's because you don't know how to utilize a tight end in this game. Some coaches still have it in their mindset that tight ends are meant to block and to catch short routes and be done with it. And that's really not what this game's about anymore. So when it boils down to it, he is a middle-of-the-road guy right now. And who knows if they're going to be able to utilize his talents. We don't even know if he could be better than what we assume right now, just simply because we don't know if they're going to be able to utilize what he has to offer or if they're willing to. You have to be able to package it up for a tight end to be able to be to be successful, especially if you're in an air attack league. So that's something you got to think about when it comes down to that. Yeah, I think best case scenario, like I saw this on Twitter, and I, and I apologize to whoever said this, but uh, he's Robert Tunyon at best. He's a good run blocker, and then he can catch check downs. But I – just the, the nature of this offense, and I, I've argued against this, but like uh, JP hit it again, tight end position is based off athleticism and scheme. So like back when like North Turner was still an offensive coordinator, any North Turner tight end is someone that you could get because his scheme utilizes the Absolutely. tight end. When, one reason why Darren Waller was so effective is because of John Gruden's scheme. If you ever heard the term why banana, that is a John Gruden special. That is a flag route to the tight end, and he schemes that mofo like crazy. Literally, he had Henry Ruggs go deep, push the cornerback safety, and then he'll have the tight end go underneath, and he'll run that all over the place. That's just the, the nature of the beast. But moving on to our injury news, then we'll go into training camp, and we'll be quick on this, fellas. Uh, actually, one of them we got uh, – I almost wish we went quicker on the other two because he's a little bit more controversial. Kadarius Tony knee injury. For oh, me, man. I don't believe you should ever say that a player is injury prone because we can't predict that until they get to a point. And these next two guys, we'll just talk about them together, Kadarius Tony and Rashad Bateman. They're at that point where it's like Paris Campbell. I like I don't care what I hear about Karis, Paris Campbell in the offseason. He's always injured. And there's just these guys that are like that. Are we officially ready to say that about Kadarius Tony? JP, you're the Chiefs guy. What do you think? I am not ready to say that. Uh, look, man, he played for the Giants. Okay, that right there should tell you everything you need to know. They have a mm. terrible medical staff. He was injured a lot. It was most of it was soft tissue injuries anyway, but he had his knee cleaned out. There was a shard left in there of cartilage that they didn't clean out very well, and they had to go back in and do it again. If you really look at his play when he signed with the Chiefs, he didn't have any more of those soft tissue injuries. He had a little bit of tightness in a hamstring, and he had an ankle tweak towards the end of the season. But all of the soft tissue injuries were gone, and that was because our medical staff really worked. They, they, they honed in on what his actual injury issues were. 
I, I'm not ready to say he's washed up or he's anywhere near that. I don't think he's injury prone. I think he's just he needs to completely get back to 100% from playing for the Giants. I, I don't know any other way of saying it. There's a lot of players out there that there, there's teams out there that just have terrible medical staffs and terrible coaching. We could look at the Chargers why- and say that. Yeah, Washington was one that like they've had several players that that said that like they I don't might, want to play might here. Get stabbed for that one. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Who's a Chargers fan around here? <laughs> well, so Justin, are you uh, drafting or buying Kadarius Tony? Is this like a buy window for him? I, I, like, are are you uh, still a fan? I'm a fan. But I'm not buying him and I'm not drafting him because it's taking a lot right now. A lot of people are still very much invested in it. They're still very much invested in the idea that he's going to be the number one in Kansas City. And, you know, when I'm looking at a guy like Kadarius Tony, I'm kind of hoping he's like a little bit of like sprinkles on top of a nice chocolate donut over there where I can just be like, this is just, this is a little extra money. But when he's getting taken as people's threes instead of flexes, that's when I'm like, all right, I'm just out on it. Like I'll, I'll get somebody else down the line. I just can't afford to put, make that my lineup choice. You know what I mean? Because if he's my number three, then I have to hit on four, five, six, because I have to be almost logging it in that he's going to get injured. So I just did a quick little search between him and Bateman. They've started the equivalent of one season and they've both been in the league for two years. Oh, two. Yeah. This is yeah. year three. Yeah. This is year yeah. Three I mean, that's, from. that's where I'm at when you, when you look at positional volatility and this is like fantasy folks, like uh, I, I'm, I was a huge Rashad Bateman fan. Like, we'll we'll move on for Tony and then go to Rashad Bateman. I'm mad. I was a huge Rashad Bateman fan in a vacuum. Like I, I like to build teams with strong wide receivers because they're the least predictable thing. Or in my opinion, like it takes more factors for them to get targets and guys who are just demand and get targets. Those are who I want. So like for, for like, and you nailed it for what I'm going to pay for Kadarius Tony, he's going to be my wide receiver three. If you're a guy who is a wide, who's a wide receiver fader, he might be your wide receiver too. And I just can't do it. Like, like Tony is a flex at best that I'm putting in and hoping is fine. And I can't pay that price for him. So I'm out. But Bateman is someone where like Tony, we kind of knew like he's a, he's a volatile guy anyway, but Bateman, man, like it's the nature of the beast. Like when you got Patrick Mahomes and that chiefs offense, you know that there's targets to go around. Even one of the, again, I've been high on my hill about, Players or teams that have good players will adjust their offense to those players most of the time. Coaching can't affect that most of the time. But I believe in the Ravens staff, and I believe if they have good players or whatever they're going to do, they're going to put themselves in the best position. But at the same time, the Ravens have a very tough and gritty philosophy. So even if I think that Zay Flowers, who we'll talk about later, is going to be very good, I just don't see the meat on the bone for Bateman anymore now that he's got a foot injury. And you know, like I guess we got to have an injury guest on to talk about this. What foot injuries are not good. You know why? You walk on your fucking feet all the time. It's just like, it's just common sense. It's hard for basketball and it kills careers. So Justin, we'll go to you. Don't worry about that. Exactly. We'll go to, we'll go to you. Where are you at on Bateman? Like, are you, it's kind of got, to me, it's a wash at this point. I don't know where you're at. Like, like I'm just done. Yeah. He made the pup list for training camp. 
I mean, the dude, I think he had a, a procedure to get, like, a screw out of his foot or something like that. Like, he just hasn't been right ever since he came, ever since he's been drafted, pretty much. Like, his first training camp, he was injured. And so, it's just one of those things. The one thing that Bateman has going for him is that the coaching staff has come out and said this is Bateman's receiving core if he stays healthy. Like, he's the undeniable number one. He just has to get his ass on the field. So that, for me, is very appealing if we're going into the flex territory, like we were talking about with Kadarius Tony. But if it's not, if I have to choose between Bateman or freaking Michael Pittman or something like that, I'll take Michael gotta Pittman go. because yeah. all day long, I'll take the fact that he's going to be there. Because He's got two feet. Well, I got a question for you. You said you believe in the Ravens philosophy and then their team and their organization but they they didn't tell their quarterback that they were trading their his his best wide receiver off he found out on twitter okay i mean when you don't involve your quarterback in those kind of decisions that you you know your franchise quarterback that is supposed to be you know the mvp guy and you just uh, and trade off a player and then you rely so much on that quarterback that has to run the ball constantly because, one, you didn't really teach him how to throw the first three years he was in the league, and then he finally started getting a little bit more accuracy with his arm. Do you really believe that much in their organization, or do you does that change your tune a little bit when it comes to them? Because I don't feel like they have enough respect for their players as a whole. That's just my opinion. I think, I think it was the transition, like uh, – because you bring up two points that, like, that I definitely have questions about is how they've handled Lamar in general. Like, like to me, you you almost brought up a small piece of a bigger problem, and that's how they've handled Lamar in general. Correct. And I think that a lot of that has to do with the transition between Ozzie Newsom and Eric DaCosta. But again, that's just speculation because, like, even like I look at their drafting habits. Like, like I'm not gonna lie. After this whole Lamar Jackson bullshit, I was scared. But after they get, after they get Lamar signed, and then I see their draft, I'm like, man, the fucking Ravens still got it. You know, like, like, like when you think about Philadelphia and the Ravens and how they draft, like to me, that front office is one of the most solid roster builders and roster constructors I've seen in my lifetime. So, like, that's something I'm willing to forgive because I've seen so many teams do egregious things over and over again, or I've even seen good teams make mistakes. Let's say, like, the Chiefs drafting CEH, you know? So, it's just like, yeah, like, I, I see it. So, I'm willing to forgive it. You know, like let's say let's put it this way: we talk, we we shit on them enough. If this was the Giants, I would just abandon ship. Like Rashad Bateman would have been done last year. I'd have been like, "Fuck this!" Like, because like to me, I was a big Wandell guy, and like now Wandell's on the pup too, and like he's not even big enough now to put on like our show list. So I'm like, you know, I'm kind of done with Wandell. So um, I, I don't know. Like at, at the end of the day, Rashad Bateman was going for a second rounder in Dynasty, and I find that hard to pay for right now um even for a wide receiver i just find that hard to pay so i'm kind of done with them we'll stop right there and we'll pay some bills and then we'll talk about some uh training camp news and we'll play a little buy or sell action um in the meantime we'll hear from our friends at underdog 
Fantasy Sports Corp and Underdog Fantasy have teamed up to start your fantasy season off in the win column with Best Ball. What is Best Ball? It's quite simply the easiest way to win. No team management, no trades, no waivers. It's their biggest contest ever and it has only gotten bigger. You simply have to sit and win. You don't even have to set your lineup. Always get your best score every week. Just enter a contest, draft your team, and Underdog will do the rest. What could make this even better? How about free money? Up to $100 using our exclusive promo code. Go online now and use the promo code TSSDynasty to double your deposit up to $100. You tell them Gingerbread sent you. Good girl. Yes, folks, TSS Dynasty is the code. That's how we pay bills. So if you want to gamble, if you want to make a third or fourth account, you can't really do that because I think you had to use your social security number. But whatever you need to do, <laughs> use, your, use that code. Um, moving on. So trading camp, as I said, has started. Um, and we're going to play a little buy or sell action. So, Justin, we'll start with you. Um, actually, we'll start with me. Fuck y'all. Uh, because he's my guy. <laughs> Sam Laporta has been balling out and earning first team reps. This is a buy to me because uh, anyone who is a football guy, let's say like football guy, not a fantasy guy, has said that this is the best tight end class that they've ever seen. Like I've heard like Daniel Jeremiah, really reputable folks that I say this is the best tight end class. And like for me, who's a film bro and a rookie scouter for fantasy, I've said the same thing. This is like the one of the best classes I've ever seen. And we have guys that could start now. Sam Laporta fits that bowl to me uh, that role to me because he can block. Played for Iowa. Iowa likes some corn fed ass. I bring my lunch pill to work and I'm here them to big do ass head dudes. And them, them guys with the big it, heads and the yeah. Yeah, I'm, exactly. Yeah, I was and there. I played Sam there. La- I know. Yeah, that's the Sam Laporta. So I'm all in. Justin, even after this news, and even after we know what we know about about rookie tight ends, that they're fucking useless unless you're Kyle Pitts, and then you do really well. But because people think you're Jesus, they're disappointed. So, what do you think about Sam Laporta? Buy or sell? Nobody's ever been disappointed knowing that I'm fantasy Jesus. Um, <laughs> I will say this, Sam Laporta, I like him a lot. I think that, you know, he's got no competition there. To say he's taking first team reps is to go like, oh, yeah, no shit, huh? Um, and what do you got to deal with Brock Wright, James Mitchell, these guys that were catching passes from like, you know, Jared Goff at the end of the year. Um, so TJ Hawkins, another Iowa boy did not get nearly as much attention as far as targets, receptions, touchdowns in Detroit as he got in Minnesota. And that's what really irks me about this. I think Sam Laporta is a hell of a football player. I just don't know if this offense really is going to flow through Amon Ross St. Brown, Jameer Gibbs, and Sam Laporta. I don't think it's going to flow through him enough to get him – the top 12 value that we all kind of want to see him at, at least not the rookie year. I I have hope that, you know, maybe they'll learn from their TJ Hawkinson days and be like, Oh, wow, we got a really good tight end. Maybe we should actually use him a little bit more in the red zone. No shit, huh? Um, But, you know, as of right now, I will take him as like my second, third tight end because that's where he's going. And I'll be very happy with it. And if he balls out, then I will eat 
all of my words, I will eat crow and I will say it on dynasty hour that I'm eating crow. But as of right now, I don't think he is that top 12 level. I kind of, I I, I have to tend to agree with him. Yeah. Um, Like one thing that you said that like tempered water is like, we're asking, and I know we've seen Jared Goff do this. We've seen Jared Goff. So, support a full offense before we've seen it but that was with sean McVay, and i'm not, and i'm not hating on dan campbell dan campbell's a good head coach and to be honest like i, I guess uh what's his name uh ben um ben johnson ben what's his uh, i'll pull that up in a minute but uh johnson. ben johnson there you go ben like johnson, he's a yeah. he's a very good offensive coordinator yeah, yeah, he's a very good offensive coordinator. But uh, again, we're asking we're asking a lot. So for a dynasty dynasty perspective, it's a buy, and I think it's this is the cheapest you're going to buy Sam Laporta is what I think is this season right now because here here later we're going to get in that Greg Dulcich. You remember the end of last year, like in the last season, Greg Dulcich was the hottest shit. He's still pretty hot right now. But now he's a tight end too. Last at the end of last season, especially as dynasty heads, not just the redraft folks, we were saying that Greg Dulcich is going to be your tight end one in year two and year three, and that's what I think Sam Laporta is. So I think that is a buy. JP, do you have anything to add? You know, I, I honestly I, I I couldn't do that, and simply because of I, I'm going to echo what he said, Justin said. I it, it really depends on the team that you go to and if they're going to utilize you correctly or not, and I just don't see that happening over everybody else. I, I I can't see it right now. I just can't. I, I, I I don't know. I, I, the way that team operates and the way most teams operate when it comes to tight ends, I just don't see it happening. Yes. And by the way, this was probably the best tight end draft class since 2013. I mean, it is. Was that Gronk? Was that Gronk and Hernandez? No, Gronk was 10. Gronk was 10. Oh yeah. Um, Kelsey was in 13 and two or three other guys uh, that are still in the league to this day. Uh, I think mm-hmm. Mark Andrews was in that draft class, mm-hmm. but um, in my opinion, Mark Andrews is the second best tight end in football. That's, that's, you're not going to argue with, you're you not going to hear an argument from me. But yeah, I just, I don't, I, I can't do it just because of the, <laughs> um, I just can't see it happening. I mean, he was Lamar's number one target. So, I mean, it all boils down to, and he was, and he was, and he was healthy all the time. You know, he's had a few little injury nicks, but I think he's still one of the best. Very smart, very high football IQ. If you can utilize a tight end and you have the team to do it, that's great. I don't know if they have that or not. I just don't know. Noted. It's not all up to Jericho. So, I'll count that for Dynasty as one and a half. I'm a buy. Uh, Justin was reasonable, and he said not this year, so I'll count that as like a half. And JP, we'll just to balance everything out. We'll count you like this is nice that we have three. We don't have to do like weird tiebreakers. So we'll just do one and a half. Next one, we'll talk about. We'll go to uh, to Philly. DeAndre Swift being used primarily as a pass catcher. Um, I don't know how I feel about this at all. Like, and I'm gonna do this as a twofer. Penny, uh, Rashad Penny is getting the first touches. So what we're seeing, I guess, is like the thunder and lightning roll where we have Penny getting a lot of the grinder touches and Swift getting a lot of the pass catching touches. I don't know, man. I think this is, I, I, I have to sell Penny. I'm like, I don't know. I can't buy Penny even as cheap as he is. And I have to sell Swift as a pass catcher but I buy him as being the RB1. I'm not saying he's not going to catch anything, but we have two things working against us. We have a rushing quarterback, and on top of that, we have a quarterback that has a very good tight end 
And then we have another one that is a good slot. Those are the reason why that this doesn't work is that they all live in the same area of the field. We got to think that we have three people that are going to be your check down or your number two option. And we're asking all of them to do the same thing. And that cannibalizes off each other. And on top of that, we have a quarterback that can extend with his legs. Let's say if this was a Mac Jones situation who you can't expect him to run 15 yards, fall down and do a shitty gritty on the sideline. You know, you can't expect that at all where Jalen hurts. He can legitimately use his legs and break it, break it off at any point. So what do you think about this situation, JP? Do you like Penny? Do you like Swift? Do you hate them both? I don't hate either one of them. Um, I don't know. Look, man, we've, we've seen one good year out of Jalen Hurts. I'm, just, I'm being honest. I mean, I'm just trying to be a dick. I don't hate the Eagles. I mean, I, I don't feel like you know, there's anything. I don't have any ill will against him. I just we've had one good season with him. And we don't know how that offensive line is going to react this year compared to last year, given their strength of schedule. And I'm a big strength of schedule guy. You can have a top five defense all day long or a top five offense, depending on who you're playing. But to put him at, you know, they just say they're going to have him at just as a more like a scat back style situation. I mean, I can see it happening. I mean, he needs the target. He needs the weapons. He needs somebody that can catch the ball. Um, I feel like that, that might be an option. I think that might be an option for them. They need to switch it up a little bit, and that might be something they can do. And do you think be him getting, do you think him getting paid might adjust the offense? Like, because uh, like the the numbers say that a rushing quarterback doesn't get hurt any more than a um, a statue, um, and and that's just statistics. But do you think because they've invested in her, it's that they're like, hey man. Maybe, you know, we got you DeAndre Swift. Just give it to him and let him get hurt because we hate running backs. We don't pay them shit at all, you know, so just give it to him. (laughs) It could absolutely happen. I mean, you know, supposedly they had the three-headed monster last year. I mean, would they tally up? Their running backs tallied up like, what, 30 yards total in the Super Bowl? Um, Yeah. Yeah. They just had a weak schedule last year. So – when you're, you know, your strength of schedule is 29th in the league, it's it's a little easier to say, oh my god, we got the three-headed monster, we got the best defensive line in football, we got the best this, the best that. I don't know if this payday is going to change anything for Hertz, or if it's going to change anything for the team. I think what's going to change the most for them, to be honest with you, is their coaching staff, because Nick Chase was Mike not the coming. answer. Sorry, man. He wasn't the guy drawing up those plays. He wasn't the guy. He just, he's not that guy. It was their offensive coordinator and he's gone. So we have to see what they're going to be like this year because it's a, look, you're learning a totally different scheme. No two offensive coordinators are the same. And you're going to learn a totally different scheme now. So we, you know, this may be something that would actually benefit them in the long run. So we'll put Just, you in wait and see mode because you put cold like cold logic. That is very logical because like I'm sorry, man. I, I'm, 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 I don't I don't play all the statistics bullshit. I don't get into it because the the main statistic, the only one I fucking get into is strength of schedule. That's what mm-hmm. tells me how good a team is. That's Noted. right there is what tells me how good a football team is. When you're anywhere from in the top ten, playing the top ten toughest teams in football, then you legitimately have a right to say, well, we're great or we suck. And it's no different than the Brady years. You can go back and look at every fucking year he played. He was 
you know, you had the, one of the weakest schedules in football. Whether it been with New England, six wins easy every year, or with the Bucks, six wins easy every year, except when he played the Saints. So it's just all. <laughs> I was waiting for that one. Um, you know, when you don't have wide receivers, and you know, it just is what it is. You, I mean, it kind of proved everything about everything everybody knew about Brady from the beginning that I've known for a long time. It proved it all right there when he when he couldn't get his guy into fucking field goal range. And they lost nine to nothing to the crappy ass fucking Saints. That told me everything I needed to know. But anyway, I'm regardless, that. I'm going to shove past that because <laughs> by myself, I don't have Andrew and I don't have Chuck. Because like you pissed <laughs> off like 75 percent of this podcast with like with like this. <laughs> <That was okay. laughs> yeah, because yeah, why do Niners hate the truth so much? That's what I don't understand. Why do people hate the truth so much? Think about it's it. It's not. Think about this. He still Brady had to had, win the playoffs. He okay, still had to win the playoffs. Let me ask you something. But let me ask you a question. Let me ask you just one simple question. And I want the truth out of both of you guys. Both of you. If Brady played for the Jets for the first 17 years of his career, do you think he would have had those Super Bowls? Do you think he would have had those playoff wins? Now you got to take everything into consideration. That's a whole I question about Rex two. Ryan. I think you would have had two. Yeah, because like I actually think okay. those Rex Ryan years, the two that he got to the AFC Championship game, if Brady was on the other side, I think it would have been different. There you go. Thank you. That's all I'm saying. It would have been two. It wouldn't have been seven. It wouldn't have been six. It'd have been two. Well, That's my is- point. Well, 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 here's the, here's also a thing, JP. It when if we're gonna change situations and change and go back, we got to realize that Tom Brady, through his unselfish nature and always kind of taking pay cuts for the team, helped always helped his oh team. My God. Oh God, I always love that. His team. I love that. I love that's the funniest shit I've heard in a long time. Always I will give you something. Team. He was the 17th highest paid quarterback in football. And he was the most comfortable quarterback in football. I will let me let me just let me let me throw that analogy out there. He was the most comfortable, and he had a wife that made seven times the money that he did. Exactly. Okay, so I mean, look, man, if I got a wife that makes a hundred million a year sitting on her ass at home, and I can take a pay cut and live in that system and just slap rings on my fingers, I'm good with that shit. I mean, look how many backups. Got rings on their fingers right now. We got a quarterback that's got two. He just retired. Chad, so Garoppolo's got two of those. Garoppolo's got two for sitting on his ass behind Tom Brady holding the clipboard. Oh, I know. (laughs) So my point being is, is that it's not all about just. It's not just about the quarterback. It's about everybody and about how that team succeeded. Those Unless you're the Chiefs. No, the Chiefs are the same, bro. Look, (laughs) hey, we went 50 fucking years with some terrible coaches, some terrible schemes. We had one of the worst defensive coaches, in my opinion. I I swear to God, I'd have smacked that fucker if I'd have saw him in person. Thank God he's gone and we got spags. But Bob Sutton had two schemes, two. One of them was Ben Don't Break. Well, fuck, man, your defense does get worn out at some point. And some point, they're going to score on your ass. The bend, don't break shit don't work for me. And he was great for the first three years, and then he fell to shit because he was Andy's friend. He got to stick around longer than most. 
That's not how you do it. And I was very critical on, look, I'm not critical on the Chiefs on a lot of things they do. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm a Chiefs fan, but it doesn't mean I'm all about everything they do because I'm not. Uh, I think there's certain coaches and certain teams that have different, they have their own philosophy about how they do things and it just doesn't work out for them the way they want it to. To, to answer your question, just, Jagger, to answer your question, Jagger, I do. I am going to buy in on Penny and Swift because offensive line too. is incredibly essential to a good running back. Miles yes. Sanders had 10 touchdowns last year. I believe Rashad Penny or DeAndre Swift. And I believe that you could handcuff them very easily in drafts because there's they're falling very far down draft boards, especially with this Rashad Penny news. DeAndre Swift has been falling and falling and falling. And I think that's one of the easier handcuffs you can get as like an RB2 where you can either one of them, whoever's whoever's running the ball that week, you can throw in your lineup. I absolutely Noted. agree. I agree. Noted. So. Well, I'm going to rudely cut to commercial because I'm still fucking mad at JP. <laughs> so I'll see y'all in 40 seconds. Jazz, <laughs> sportsbook, casino, and racebook, the world's best resource for all-purpose online wagering. For over 20 years, Jazz has provided the best and quickest payouts in sports and entertainment wages. Live sports betting, covering all the major sports leagues, and even into the new and exciting world of esports. Down the stretch you'll come, with Jazz's online horse wagering. Get paid when you play with Jazz's fun and exciting online casino games. Go online now and use the promo code TSS for our new, members deals. Jazz Sportsbook, Casino, and Racebook. The world's best resource for online wagering. Sorry, I made you mad, man. I mean, I'm just okay. spitting out some, just spitting out a little bit of logic. That's all, you know. What I mean, it's I okay. I cooled off. Any better, Jagger. Um, Tom Brady will always <laughs> own real estate in Patrick Mahomes' head. He will always Probably. own real estate there. I, he just might. A bit, he just might. A bit. Maybe. So. It just depends on how long Mahomes plays. He stays healthy and plays the way he is. He's projected to hit that same mark at 37 years old that Brady hit at 45. So we'll just have to see how that plays out. But, I mean, okay, well, let me ask well, you guys a quick question. Down. We'll move on. Let me ask you a real quick question. Who's a better athlete? Out of the two, who's a better round all-around athlete? And I'd say this, you play for the fucking Raiders, and I hate the Raiders. It's not even, so who's the best all-around athlete? All around athlete, it's Mahomes. It's like it's not even like I think Mahomes is the greatest quarterback of all time right now. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I think Tom Brady is the goat first time. But when Mahomes came in, it took two seasons for me to see. I'm like, what the fuck is this kid? Yeah. Like, the, it, yeah. like it's ridiculous. It's not even a question. I agree. Let's face it this way though, it is kind of impressive. We had a quarterback last to 45 in this current league because it's yeah. a league. That you can, I mean, you will say what you want about the rules. People are still bred bigger, stronger, and faster. And when they hit you, it's still fucking hard. Like yeah. he might get a penalty, but he still has to get up and go, oh, fuck, when he gets up. You know who does that a lot? By the way, Aaron Rodgers, Kurt Cousins. No. Did you guys watch? Did you the watch quarterback? quarterback? Yeah. yeah, dude. Man, every time it got oh, ah, e, ooh, ah, ever. I mean, he's walking across the field. He could have made a song out of that shit. He never stopped fucking 
complaining, but he did get hit a lot. But, I will say, I was about to say he was the most pressure quarterback in football, so he got yeah, hit hard he was, too. Yeah, I was about to say he was the most like honestly quarterback. Like, like I, I, it made me the the person I was least excited about was Kirk Cousins, and it made me like him for multiple reasons. I just think yeah. he's genuinely a good dude, and he played with hurt ribs. That's why he hurt the whole like he got hurt one time, and yeah. he kept reaggravating it every game. And he's mm-hmm. the most pressured quarterback. That dude earned a lot of my respect after yeah, having he did, contacts. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that. Um, but we'll talk about another Chiefs guy, and I'm going to hurt your feelings. JP back. I'm going to be spiteful. It's Justin Ross time. Everyone's hyping Man. Justin Ross up. I, I, I have to sell. I don't believe it. We do this every year with the chiefs guy. I don't believe it before. We'll let you feel sad for a second. JP. It's just that I'm like he hasn't played. He hasn't played for like two years. And then in one he year, he hasn't played at all. Right. He played the 20 just, and the 21 season. He didn't play the 22 season. <laughs> Let's get this. Come on, man. Let's not make him he out like play he played last, football since he didn't high play school. His, <laughs> he didn't play his last year of college. He didn't play his last I year of college. I understand that. I understand that. It's, it's, I'm just saying it's concerning. So before, we'll let you marinate, JP, and oh, feel sad for a second. Oh, so, <laughs> Justin, I get you go. What you, buy <laughs> the Justin Ross height. Buy yourself. Marquez Valdez Scantling. Kadarius Tony, Justin Ross, Sky MVS, Rishi Rice. Who who else is on the island of misfit toys over there? Like I I just I don't know how you can get behind Justin Ross other than if you're trying to sell him to somebody for a second or third round pick because you just want to be like, hey, here you go, have Justin Ross, have the number one receiver in Kansas City next year. Guess what? That didn't help out last year because Juju Smith-Schuster was still like a wide receiver three or four. It wasn't helping anybody in fantasy. Justin Ross, mega talent coming out of college. Thought he got the shit end of the stick. I think he went undrafted from – From am I right there, JP? Undrafted? No, nah, we got him late. It was late, but we did. It was it seventh? And we ended up signing him, so. Oh, no, he was, was undrafted. undrafted. You're right. He was, he undrafted. was undrafted. undrafted. And we yeah, took, yeah. Well, we signed him injured. Which is yeah. very, um, very ballsy of a team to do. They must have had a lot of faith in him to do something like that. Because you usually don't. Well, sign you have a loaded team. They're like, why the fuck not? And to correct yeah. Justin, he was dominant in college. Coming out, he went undrafted. So I'm just saying. That's because so, they were like, worried about an injury. But well, you know who yeah. else did that, right? Uh, Let's see. What, what, I think what there was, was a guy injury? by the name. Huh? Well, he what had a foot. It was an ankle and a foot, and the it was. He broke, he bro- if I remember right, he broke his ankle and he had a um, uh, oh shit. So they were worried about him. It, it wasn't. Oh, he had a he had a, a neck injury too that everybody flipped out about. They thought that was. Oh, yeah, I thought it was it. like that's the fucking it. The neck injury, but it's yeah. not. It's I really it's not. Like- I mean, it's really not. What the injury that he had wasn't in. The, you know what? His foot injury was worse than his neck injury, bro. It was. And now you're yeah, talking to the guy that broke his whenever back. Whenever you say neck so, injury to somebody, it just immediately drops. Exactly, their, drops their desire to have you on the team. Absolutely, I would even I would even back. hire someone out of McDonald's with a neck injury. I'm like, bro, you got to have that head on a swivel. You okay. know. <laughs> but do you remember a guy here? <laughs> you remember a guy that dropped in the draft um, because three years prior he had a blood clot, and then he ended up being like top. 
five offensive linemen. Um, Laramie Second Tunsil? year in the league. No, we're talking about Trey Smith. Oh, Trey Smith okay. came out of college and everybody passed on him because he had a blood clot his junior or I was saying, yeah, I think it was his sophomore year in college. So everybody passed on him because of that. And where's he at now? I mean, I'm just saying. And every I year don't, there's always a first rounder that drops because of some medical. Absolutely. Injury. Absolutely. Yeah. Man, I will tell you this really quick. I am not a big proponent. I never have been even before the Veach era. I am not a big proponent on all the first round draft pick bullshit because you get two things out of it. You get a guy that's got a chip on his shoulder the size of a fucking boulder that thinks he's everybody's answer to everything and he ends up falling on his ass. Usually that's a quarterback, but it happens in every position. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a great example. The one big mistake Beach made, and I will kick him in the ass for doing it, is picking Clyde Edwards Hilaire out of the first round as a running back. Don't well, that was him do that. making. That was him making his QB happy, and I get. I yeah, get but that's that, not. It wasn't just that. It was the fact that he thought he was the shit. He was, you know, when you're looking at a player and you're going, "Oh fuck, he just played behind the best offensive line in football," and. On one of the best teams. On one one of of the the best best teams. teams, And then with a great fucking quarterback, yeah, he's going to look great in college. But that doesn't make him a first-round pick. you got to see what he can do on the NFL field. And we've seen that. Well, for me, I think it means – I guess this is where we're getting to, like, hit rates and whatever. It's like I think definitely, especially when you think about both sides of the ball, you could find talent. But with certain positions – they're just rated higher. So if they are not getting drafted within like the first or second or even third round, then it's like a problem. And I'm thinking about the premium positions like quarterback, wide receiver, um, offensive tackle and uh, pass rusher, the pass rusher. Those are like, those are the players that if they're not going first round or first or second round, that there's probably a problem. And then you're like to bet on like an outlier. And that, and that's why I'm at, cause like, you're not wrong. Like Trey Smith was probably good. Like we were talking about the Ravens. They just got a, a center. That's probably good for the same reason. I, I get it. I just like the Justin Ross thing. It's just hard for me when they face plant that hard or don't come out or they're like a red shirt or injury red shirt, it just, they're betting on a lot. And then the, there's hype for every player. I've read that like Rasheed Rice is balling out. I've, I've seen tweets everywhere. And, and Andy Reed is one of those coaches. That's kind of like Bruce Arians where he is going to hype up his guys all training camp. And I just can't trust it. So that's where I'm at. We'll talk about our last guy and then win the show. Zay flowers is my guy. This is a hundred percent buy for me that he's balling out. We talked about Rashad Bateman and then there's Odell Beckham Jr. And there's Mark Andrews, JP, where are you at on Zay flowers? Do you like him? He's a beast. Are you worried about yeah, Bateman? He's a, no, mm-hmm. he's a beast, bro. He's a beast. People got it. Yeah. They better, they better keep their, uh, they better keep their eye, their head on a swivel for that kid. He's good. Yeah. He's very good. Very good. Um, I would say, yeah, definitely. Um, Bye. What do you say? Could you keep? He said, "Could you keep it down?" My perms. <laughs> You're trying to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Oh, that's good um, that's what the, that's what they make headphones for. Um, well, there's there's I, a mom joke Zay Flowers. There I can't think of it. There's got to be. Yeah, there's got to be. Um, mm-hmm. No, man. Uh, Zay Flowers. He's man. People better watch for him. I'm just telling you. He's one of those guys that. 
Mm. He, he's going to come out of the woodwork and scare the shit out of people. That's that's and my let's opinion just, on him. Let's package the whole situation together because, like, uh, um, and Justin, I'll put this off to you. We talk about like uh, fantasy versus real football. Fantasy mm-hmm. folks, they're super concerned about um, the one, the rate of play, like like how fast they're going to play. Two, how much are they going to throw the football? And then three, there's the select few that think Lamar Jackson is that good. There's there's that very few people who still believe that. That's the five percenters. Yeah, exactly. I think that we got to move past. Like, this is why I have a problem with data. Data makes us project too much from the past and not project forward. There's Todd Monken now. There's Todd Monken now. Todd Monken wants to play faster. They want Lamar Jackson playing fast. Even in practice already, all the beat riders are saying it's faster. So where are you at with Zay Flowers? Buy or sell? Like, I guess the Ravens on a hold. Do you do you believe that they're going to play faster and throw more? Yeah, a thousand percent. Buy. I mean, I think that Zay Flowers presents the target that he wants. I mean, he wants somebody coming across the field. Listen, Hollywood Brown had his best season when they shortened up his A dot and they gave him 100 targets. That's when he had his best season and Lamar was on fire with him. So let's please give him somebody fast who can shorten up the field. You can always have Rashawn Bateman to stretch. You can always use Odell Beckham as your possession receiver. But guess what? Both of those guys have issues that are going along with them. Zay Flowers is this fresh flower, fresh as a daisy, baby girl. Let him get out there. Let him fucking run the short routes and and feed him and feed him and feed him and feed him. I'm going to go for Zay Flowers based on the fact that he is the lowest guy on ADP. And to me, he's got the most value in this offense. I think at the end of the year, you're going to be talking about Zay Flowers as the wide receiver one in Baltimore. Yep, I, I, I absolutely, I, I I agree with you on that one. This is the one you. player we all we all agreed upon, and that's the one I was most worried about because I'm like I'm like if we don't like Zay Flowers, I'm going to fucking explode. There's no reason <laughs> yeah. at this point. After the <laughs> oh no shit. <laughs> hey, I, okay, I got a quick question for both of you guys. Really quick question for both of you guys. So. Hmm. We were talking about the Justin Ross thing. I guess it's not more of a question, but more of an analogy. Um, Andy has always been very, um, I guess, relaxed and easy on his players in the first week of training camp, simply because he's always, you know, he's used to having those, you know, everybody said, you know, the same thing about us last year, that we had a, a group of nobodies that ended up winning a Super Bowl. I mean, we had 10 active rookies, seven that played, and won a fucking Super Bowl. So... This year, what Andy has done because of the Justin Ross situation with his neck, the fact that we got, you know, Kadarius Tony that is now injured, great example. Um, we're, we're sitting on, what, five, six rookies that are, are going to be wide receivers for us at some point during this season. He has really tightened up the reins in practice. So he's, he's sending everybody as if it was a game. I mean, he's putting full press on every one of these wide receivers. He's putting our best corners, our best safeties, which McDuffie, fuck. I mean, nobody can say anything negative about McDuffie right now. Mm-hmm. Trent McDuffie's a god when it comes when it comes to that position. Um, you got Snead out there. You got Reed out there. Everybody's putting their hardest on these wide receivers because they got to be ready. It's that simple. Who else you got? So you got to be ready to play. So far out of the film that I have seen, 
man, he looks fucking great. He's running phenomenal routes. He's taking hits with no pads. He's diving, people landing on him. He's not, he's just, he looks so fucking good. Justin Ross looks really good, dude. And I, and this is the hardest first week of training camp Andy Reid probably ever put on because this is the most rookies he's ever had on an offensive side of the ball. Now, under, I mean, everybody understands that Mahomes makes every wide receiver look good. It is what it is. He got Chris Conley paid. He got Albert Wilson paid. Where'd they go afterwards? You know, it is what it is. Nowhere. Nowhere. Yeah, pretty much. But he, I'm telling you, you, this kid's good. Sure, man. You're you're plugged in with this scene, and you know this could be our ending question. I know we're going over a little bit. Daenerys Pierre mm. Prince is that beast? A thing? Mm. Holy is fuck! Going to be a thing. Holy fuck! When I say he's going to be a thing, he's going to be a thing. Um, like better than Jarek McKinnon. N- I, I think he's going to be. You got an, a, a huge age the difference thing, right? there. That's the threat. It's like it's not really Jarek McKinnon is not really the threat. Explain the backfield. Okay, Jarek McKinnon is not really the threat. Jarek McKinnon was brought back for two reasons. Okay, one, he's a phenomenal pass catcher. He's probably the best blocking running back in football because he kept Mahomes protected on OBJ's side, Orlando Brown Jr.'s side last year with a 58% pressure rate, and Mahomes was protected because of Jarek McKinnon. The threat, he doesn't really have a threat. If anybody would be the threat for him, it would be Clyde. I see Clyde going and Prince staying. Um, what what about Prince Pacheco? Taking. Where does he fit in? Because you got like four Pacheco right now. Well, Pacheco right now is, you know, they're going to let him 100% heal. You know, you've got the guy played last year with a torn labrum and a broken hand and played through the Super Bowl. And you've seen what he did during that game. So they're going to let – they're probably put, from what I've understood, they're going to put him on a snap count and maybe make him get back into the rhythm of things after his injury. But, uh, man, that that kid's good. Uh, he's got all the tangibles to be phenomenal in this offense, especially given the fact that he's, he's an all-around player. He's very versatile. He can catch. He can throw. He can do everything you ask him to do as a running and – He's a rookie. So well, one last question. I feel like. Uh oh. What go was ahead, that? Kind of cut it. I was, gonna, I was just going to ask you. At the end of the day, who is the one running back to own? That's where I'm at. Like, who is the one guy that you want? Uh-oh. That you like, We're if you're a fantasy that. guy, whatever. Who's the one guy that you want? Like the the number one guy. Like I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. Okay, you went through a matrix there that I didn't understand anything you said. So throw me that question again. Who's the one running back that you want to own out of the Chiefs backfield? Just the one guy. You got to narrow it down. If I just wanted one of them? Just one. If it was just one guy, I mean one running back? Is that what you're asking? Yep. I would want McKinnon. He's he's the most extra for Mahomes. Okay. Now, if it was pure running back? I would probably say Pacheco just because he, look, he was a seventh round pick out of nowhere that 
came on like an animal and did things that no one expected. The guy killed worms six inches in the ground. He hurt the ground when he ran. So it, he's just a different style of runner, and he's, and he's learned a lot. So I, that that's – but I think with what McKinnon did last year and the way he was able to protect Mahomes and still be – I mean, the guy broke an NFL record last year for touchdown catches eight in a row, had 10 on the season. I He just – and this was a guy that – lived his whole career as a, an injury prone. Remember, here we go with that injury prone crap. You know, everybody's injury prone. Mm. He was injury prone, wasn't on a good football team, never got a chance. There's a reason why the Chiefs brought him back three years straight on one-year deals. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Well, but we'll end it there, I, folks. I, I would have to go with Pacheco second. Yeah, I was going to say, you, like, I, I'm going to count Pacheco or McKinnon, I guess. Like, the, we'll, we'll give you both of them there. Like, like you get the best of both. You heard it here, folks. That's training camp news. I am one of your hosts. My name is Jagger. You can catch me at Fantasy Blue Chip. And with me, as always, is Fantasy Jesus, Justin Herrera at SimTexMex93. And then we'll have him back, especially if we're going to talk more Chiefs. We have Chiefs focus with us, JP, the old tenured guy who just schooled us and hates Tom Brady. Uh <laughs> We'll see you guys next. <laughs> we'll see you Thanks guys. for having me on, guys. Too easy, Jagger. Too easy. That's the problem. And wait a minute. You just brought something up. I want to say this before you hang up. You said something to me that was a little bit uh, it was a little controversial. You said, well, you know, you got to watch it if it's not those first, second, third round guys. Then you just don't know what you're getting. Tom Brady came out 199th. That's an outlier. So Tom, like they, they don't build them like Tom Brady unless they're Brock Purdy apparently. So <laughs> Tom Brady's got bricks for feet. Tom Brady oh, has bricks for that's feet. True. That's you know true. I mean is, look you won't hear me argue okay that. real quick who would you have picked for over the, out of the two would you have rather had Peyton Manning or Tom Brady on that football team who would you have rather had who do you think is the Peyton better Manning. quarterback all around quarterback Thank you that's all I wanted to know now you can end the show oh because that's, that's the truth. Ha <laughs> ha.